0: Uh, I prayed with Graham earlier that he would be released from any shackles, any anything that was uh, holding him back, anything that was a distraction. So I've said that once, but it's the same prayer I'm going to pray for you now, Graham. That uh, that whatever you have for us, whatever God has given you for us, that you feel completely free to share that, and that you are uninhibited in doing that, and that anything that has come before, anything in the week that is still um, lingering that we uh, we can cast that to one side, mm. and you can just come to us free of any burdens and uh, and ready to challenge us in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Morning. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am. I have to confess feeling particularly unshackled this morning. Um, so do you know what I mean? Just put an extra knot in the elastic in your underpants and get ready uh, because uh, we're going to share God's Word. And uh, and it's exciting. And I'm excited. Uh, and I have to say, I am. I, I'm a bit wound up by it all today. And I, why is that? And, I, and for two reasons. The The first one is that we're, we've been looking at First Peter, and it's a challenge, and it's a study in holiness, and, it, and it's about us resembling God. Um, and that's exciting, and we're getting to the stage in, in our study where Peter really gets down to the, the brass tacks, and I always find that exciting. Um, I'm quite a direct person, and, and I, I get excited when I feel like we're really getting to the nub of things, so I'm excited about that. But as we've already said, I'm excited because we're living in times where we can't pretend that it's possible to gloss over difficulty. And that, I find that exciting. I know that there are people in our nation that find that very unsettling, but I find that exciting. I find that exciting. So I'm, I'm, I am, I'm a bit, I'm a bit edgy today. <laughs> What can I say? I haven't had too much coffee. In fact, can I just tell you, I haven't had enough coffee today yet, really. I'm feeling the lack, but there you go. Anyway, let's read from the first book of Peter, chapter four, verses one to 11. And it says this, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with this same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. Remember, we're talking about holiness is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for human desires, but rather for the will of God. Let's read that again. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly life for human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery and lust and drunkenness and orgies and carousing and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you don't join them in their reckless wild living, and they heap abuse on you but they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. We don't have time to look at that, which is possibly one of the most difficult verses in the Bible. But there you go. We will look at it another time. At the end of all things, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober of a sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other Deeply, "...because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful servants of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God." If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Right, so we're really really getting to the nub of it here, and, and I'm excited by that, because it means that we're getting down to it. And there's a big challenge here. And and Mark started the whole thing off. You see, God's design for the old children of Israel was this that as a country, they lived so differently from everybody else round about that all the nations would look in and go, What's it about them? What's it about them that's different? And because they were so stand out different, God would be able to bless them in a way that would make all the nations round about look and say, what have they got that we haven't got? What have they got that we haven't got? Now, the, blessed, the best laid plans of mice and men, to quote Robert Burns, and you know the next line, don't you? It's in your head right now. You're going, our aft times gang is did you not say that what none of you said i thought I, I i thought absolutely that was in your head absolutely the best laid plans of mice and men sometimes go astray so that, that just just to help you all there with your english um <laughs> so anyway but there it was and that was the trouble is that the outside world appeared so attractive to the people of israel that rather than sticking to God's way, they just absorbed all the ways round about. Even to the point of bringing idols from the outside into the very temple of God. So they just looked like everybody else. You traveled through Moab, Israel, into Sidon. Have we passed through a different country? Can't say I noticed. All looked the same. So poor old Hezekiah, when he picks up from his old dad, he's got to clean it all out so it looks different. Now, here's a principle that gets presented in the New Testament, and it's this that Christians live such godly lives that the people living round about them are so affected by the difference that they are attracted to the gospel. Is that a familiar concept to you? Yeah. Here's the interesting thing. On current evidence of the Western Evangelical Church, we're not mostly that stand out, are we Really? You see, for quite a lot of time, it's somehow managed to become okay for evangelical Christians to kind of have a foot in both camps. And we're just not that standout. We're just a bit, well, me, really. And this is the challenge that Peter is, and Peter is writing to a church that is in the middle of the Roman Empire. And, and those of you who know your history know that Roman Empire culture was really powerful. If you didn't fit in with the culture, then you were going to be got at. So the challenge and the temptation was always to fit in. I remember Sue came and she was sharing, and one of the things she was saying was that you submit where you can, but when there becomes a difference between God's way and the outside way, you make a choice and choose God's way. And Peter is doing the same here. He's saying, so don't get me wrong, I'm not here to preach sedition, which is an old word, Um, but a dangerous one I'm not here to do that I'm not here to say that we should rebel against the authorities in, in our country as long as they are not goading us to depart from the road of righteousness then sadly as historically Christians have found in the past we must not cooperate but we've never got to that stage in our lives praise God let's hope we never do Paul endorses us to pray for governments that we may be able to live in peace. So let's pray for that Wednesday the 13th, by the way. Wednesday the 13th, did you get that? Let's pray for that. These are important times. But we haven't got to that stage. But what is Peter saying? So I want to just run through what Peter is saying. And Peter is saying the same thing that we have to be separate nation. I know James was sharing about that when he was sharing recently, but this is the nub of it. So how do we do that? And this is what I want to do and just sort of talk about. Imagine, imagine that you are just about to emigrate from Britain. You're about to go and live somewhere else. You're going to go and live Somewhere really different, so like Japan, where John and Don and Alice are on holiday at the moment, or Russia, or Iceland. I know it's small, but it can be successful. What? So, but totally different culture. You know, a winning attitude. No, a totally different culture. That, that isn't the same at all. That is just not the same. And let's follow the process that Peter has put in place about what you would do if you are going to leave and live somewhere totally different. And that's what Peter's taking us through this step. Step one. Leave Your old life. You can't live in the two places at the same time. If you're going to leave, leave. You can't stay in two places at the same time. Ephesians 4 24 and 4 says this, that however is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your formal way to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, remember Peter said the same thing, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, to put on the new self Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We don't want to be old. We have a new desire. So the first thing is, it's a new attitude. Okay? This world, or if you are emigrating, where you are now is not what you aspire to. So you say, I'm going to up sticks and I'm going to move to Germany. Now, there are people around you. Let's say you go to work and you say, No, I'm going to give up my job and I'm going to Germany. There are people around you who are looking at their current job and they think, Well, mine's going rather well, thank you. I've just got a flash new company car. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about all sorts of things that I've just signed up for and I can't afford to interrupt my income. And I look at you and they go, You're an idiot. What's Germany got? Look at what you've got. You're an idiot. Why are you doing that? You could have a much better life here. Why are you doing that? And you're saying to them, because what is here, I don't aspire to. It's not offering anything that makes me want to be here. And there are people there who say, you're an idiot. There are lots of people. And what happens to lots of people, I have some family history in this. What happens to lots of people is they think, oh, yeah, well, you're probably right. And are persuaded and abandon the plan. And then five years later, they think, you know, wish I'd gone. Wish I'd gone. There are others. I I used to work um, in in a South American country, and I used to meet lots of people who said, "Oh, you know, I wish I could do that." Oh, that sounds fantastic. I mean, it was really, really hard work, but you know what I mean. But and what you get is people who idealize, and you will meet people who say, "Oh, I wish I had your faith." And I go, "You can." Do you want to meet Jesus now? Oh well, I don't know. I'm sorry. And you'll meet people. Do that. Can I tell you a story? Right? Okay. I i have told this before—but I once met somebody when I was working in a prison, and I don't want to say which prison. And they had—they had a support job in the prison, and they were terrified. Prisons are quite aggressive places, and they were terrified. And they were very well qualified. And I said to them, I was with someone else, we both said, we said, look, look at your pocket, you can get a job anywhere. All sorts of jobs. And they said, oh yeah, I know, I know, I know. We said, look, look let's, let's go and look. And I was in, in and out for several weeks, so I found some ap- jobs and, and took them in. And we sat over lunchtime and said, look at these jobs. And the person said, oh yeah, that's good, that's good. Now it just so happens, five years later, five years later, I had to go back and work in that prison, and guess what? I met the same person, and they looked 10 times worse than they looked before. But had they done anything about it, nothing at all. There are lots of people who you will meet who go, "Oh I wish, oh, I love, oh, that's fantastic. What a wonderful thought, "Oh, I so wish I could," but never actually do. But if we are leaving, we have to aspire to something different. One of the reasons, the key reason for this is we look around and we go, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. I can't do this. Um, I remember being somewhere where I met up with some old people, work colleagues, And and I have to confess, it was all very macho. And it had been a long time. Uh, Two blokes. And and they were just doing bloke. You know that thing where they go, Yeah, beer. Yeah, shouting. Yeah, breasts. Uh." And I was looking, I'm thinking, you look like 14-year-olds. You're, you're influenced by the telly, by other juveniles, by the news. By, and I just sat there and I thought, I don't belong to this. This is, this is not me. I don't belong here. Now, it is sad, and I don't want to be too challenging, but it is sad when we sit in the world as Christians and we don't think that. I don't belong here. And I want to tell you why. Because it's an illusion. The Bible tells us that we're dead in sin. Dead in sin. Donovan gave us this really nice illusion. He gave a film reference last week. So I want to give you another film reference. Have you ever see The Matrix? People say The Matrix, right. In The Matrix... There's a guy and he discovers that everything that he is dealing with is an illusion. All the people he meets, all the streets he walks down, the car he drives, the job he does is all an illusion. And in fact, he is a hairless, bleached, tube-filled body lying in a pool of water along with thousands of others being fed mind-altering drugs And everything in them is fake. It's all fake. There's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. At the risk of sounding a little dramatic, and you know I'm never that, that's the truth. And here's the thing. Why do Christians stay attached to the things of the world? I'll tell you why. It's because they wake up being brought to life And never climb out the coffin. God brings them to life, and they never climb out the coffin. So they lie there, cold and lonely, and think, I wish I was back in fantasy world. They never explore the green grass and the warm sunshine that is God's wonderful presence because the illusion still has a grip. Is that you? Has something got its grip on you? Do you think it's all pretty when in fact it's death? Our call is that this is not what we aspire to. Okay, step two if you're actually going to emigrate, stick with me here. If you're going to emigrate, here's a couple of sensible things. Number one, um, perhaps visit where you're going. Is that, does that make sense? I mean, if you're going to move somewhere, it's probably worth having a look first. Yes? Okay. So, how, how do we do that? We are going to heaven. How are we going to do that? Well, we visit. We enter God's presence. We pray and we worship. We let his word speak to us. We get the images. You know when people go away to places and think, I want to live here. In their head are images, memories of where they've been. And when they come back and they wander through their ordinary life, the memories and the images of where they've been just seem so much more attractive than where they are now. And they think, "I I don't aspire to this anymore. It's time for me to leave. that happen to you? So you visit so that you can see. You know, if if you belong to Jesus and you have never seen so much as a glimpse of heaven, then you are missing out because that is promised. You can see where you're going to. That by releasing your life to the Holy Spirit, he will give you a revelation of his presence and of your possibilities and of who you are in Jesus. And I suspect, and I don't want to be critical, I don't mean it that way. But I suspect that many Christians find the world still attractive because they have not properly visited Heaven. Let me invite you, if you have had no vision of heaven, if you have not seen what the presence of God can do to you, if you have not seen the reality and still live in the fantasy, then get prayer today because God's desire is to reveal the reality that we know where we're going. This we are not selling you pie in the sky when you die. We are not selling you that. It's the opposite. It's climb out of your grave and live. That's what we offer through Jesus Christ. Nothing we do, only him. Secondly thing, apart from that, apart from visiting, knowing about the place, you can find out what God's presence is. You do your research. You're going to move to a country. You don't get a guide and read a book. You don't talk to other people who perhaps have been there, do you? Yes, you do. You do those things. You find out. You talk to them, and you, you, it's good. Always good to hear the other bits. I think. Do you know? If you were, say, for example, moving to I don't know, Belgium, for example, you're going to meet a lot of miserable people. I think this weekend. <laughs> Unlike, say, for example, whales. You know, anyway, 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 anyway. But if you go there, you will meet people from that country who will be only too happy to tell you what's wrong with the place. Do you know what I'm saying? They'll be only too happy to... And you've got to measure that. And you've got to think, well, how much do I believe that? How much weight do I put on that? Sadly... You can um, come into the church and you will meet people who are only too happy to tell you what's wrong with the place. And you have to decide what weight you put on that. But measure it. Don't just jump. Measure it. But everything so far is in the context of where you're going. So you you look at everything. So imagine, this is it, imagine somebody announces you today, tomorrow you need to start planning to move to India. So everything should look different. I've, I've got to fix my shed. If I'm moving to India... probably won't do it because I'm moving to India Excuse. Hey, tell you. can we go to India <laughs> <laughs> hate that shit anyway um, oh <laughs> if, if you know the same if, if, you're, if you're saying well I've got all my money and I'm saving up for this and then you think hang on a second I don't need that anymore Moving to India. Or if you've made all these commitments and you're doing all this work and all this preparation and it's coming up and then you think, hang oh, on a second, moving to India. Are we doing the same? Are we looking at what we do with our time, our effort, our talent, our worry and stress, our cash, our priorities? in the context that we are not staying. We're moving. Yeah, we're going somewhere else. (sighs) Might not be before that shed needs fixing, sadly. (laughs) I'm I'm taking a minimalist approach on it, though. I'll fix it. We're not replacing it. Fix it. Hey, Jesus could come back tomorrow. (laughs) hello Jesus what am I doing with this wood he'll go I've done everything that needs to be done with wood son come with me amen Amen. it's like it's rehearsed isn't it anyway by the by so here's the last bit the very last bit to finish with is if you are emigrating if you are emigrating you need to change some things don't you Number one, if you're going to go and live in a foreign country, you need to learn the language. Don't you? You need to learn the language. Paul says this. He says, speak spiritual things using spiritual language. We need to learn the language. We need to learn our language. We need to learn the language that is of sin and repentance, and salvation, and baptism, and sanctification, which Mark used in judgment. Remember, sanctification is being purified to be useful. Purified to be useful. We need to understand these things. We need to learn. We're moving. We need to learn the language. Just understand the language. What are we talking about? We are talking about something different. I'm going to challenge you to think about how you speak and what you know because we're talking the language of heaven. Also, we need to learn the culture. We need to live (laughs) as though we're going somewhere else, which is a bit strange because we look different then, don't we? We sound different. People would say that thing, you're not from round here. This is a phrase I don't hear in Wenlock very often when I'm speaking. You're not from round here, are you? You're not from round here. Do you look like you're from round here? Or do you look different? Do you live like you're from round here? Or do you live different? Do you worry and stress like you're from round here? Or do you look different? Do you complain about things like you're from round here? or do you live different? Do you prioritize like you're from around here, or do you live different? And that's where we have to finish. We have to talk about, if we have a new lifestyle, James talked about the strangers and aliens, we need to live differently. We need to live like strangers, we keep short accounts with this world because we could leave it any minute. We don't prioritize or aspire beyond what is necessary in this world because we're going to live somewhere else. And we stand out from the world because, well, we're not from here This is not our home. We were singing we'd upset Mr. John Smith by reminding him of ancient songs that say, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And just to frighten you even further, me and my mate Charles Rushworth, we play that and sing that in our house (laughs) regularly. That's because I am very old. I'm over 25. But it's the truth. This is not our home. If Christians can't get it into their heads that everything the world tries is an illusion, it is death, that we are made alive and are invited to climb out of this body of death and live in another place. Then we are a standout nation. Then we are offering. This world is currently learning that if you put your faith in people, they will let you down. They will lie, they will cheat, and they will look after themselves. Bless them all. If you put your faith in political systems, they will fail. They will show themselves up to be unrealistic and corrupt. If you believe that the accumulation of things will, in, will insulate you from the troubles of life, then you will be let down. If you believe that by being popular with others, you will somehow be protected when times change, talk to politicians about that, you will discover that that is a lie. There is only one safe haven, and Jesus Christ rules there. There is only one realistic life, and God is sovereign of it. There is only one destination that is sure, settled, guaranteed, and safe. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is not here. That is not here. We pray as we pass through for all others That they may meet Jesus. We don't seek trouble. We don't revel in trouble. We mourn with those who mourn. We try to be a comfort to those who are unsettled. We look to stand out because we are heaven bound. If you don't know the Lord Jesus, that can be you today. If you want to wake up and be renewed, that can happen today. If you want your sin removed, a new life brought that can happen today, meet with Jesus. If you want to meet Jesus today, I will introduce you personally. Not because I'm special. There's plenty of other people here who could do it. If you want to meet and change, if you want to come to life, it can happen today. If you want to change your destination, it can happen today. If you already aspire to heaven, let me encourage you to do this. Start preparing. Start preparing. Enough. Enough of fitting in. We are not called to be relevant to this culture. We are called to be relevant to the people, but not to the culture. Christianity is not a subculture of the United Kingdom, Christianity is a counterculture we are not of this world as a church if we want to offer relevance if we want to offer solution if we want to offer safety we need to not be like we need to be different if there's something you need to let go of some old part of your life get prayer today if there's something that you need to change some old value or old habit get prayer today if you need a fresh vision get prayer today We need to start praying. We need to start worshiping. We need to start witnessing for the new covenant. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we confess that at times our love of the world ruins our witness. We confess that we struggle at times to trust that you will carry us beyond the securities that we rest in now lord we confess that sometimes we are just not different enough forgive us we pray fill us with your holy spirit give us fresh wisdom fresh energy fresh drive lord put our eyes on jesus let that be our goal that we will be stand out In these troubled times we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.